Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Decomposition. I'm your host, Anjali. And my name is Mernal. And we're here again after a short hiatus to talk about uh, another song. In, on this podcast, we go over music that we like and we talk about why we like it, what we find unique in it. And yeah, just overall, we're fans of music theory and lyrics, so we will dive into that today. Um, which song are we doing today, Mernal? So today we are going to discuss Flowers by Miley Cyrus. Uh, this came out in 2023, was all over TikTok for a while, and it's kind of a song about self-love and, you know, it is a breakup song at its core, but I think has some unique takes on it that we're going to be discussing today. And I just like to point out that I loved all the videos of little dogs running through fields with people using this on TikTok also. So. That was where I first heard this. That was what my first stuck. And then um, I listened to the song and really found the depth and what we wanted to discuss today. What was your first impression? Um, I really liked it. It's very catchy. Uh, and I like her voice a lot. I really like Miley's voice. So to me, this was just like a fun, a fun song. I also, a few things stood out to me, the lyrics, like, because it sounds very similar to another song, but we'll go into that later. Um, but yeah, that was my first impression. I was like, wait, is it like kind of copying this song? And then I was like, oh, I got to look into it more. There was more behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about you? I think, you know, like I said, my first impression was little dogs running through fields (laughs) and (laughs) a good first impression. (laughs) I think it really highlights the dichotomy of the song in the sense that this music is very upbeat, very catchy. Like you said, it's very happy. But then you get into the lyrics and some of it's not that great. It's uh, quite hard hitting in the lyrics as well. And um, kind of there's sad in parts and it's uplifting in others. So I think that, dich- that dichotomy of this really catchy, upbeat song with um, these kind of more in-depth lyrics really drew me into the song in the end. Yeah, um, I think uh, one of the things musically that make it so catchy is all the funk elements that they kind of use. I know it's trendy these days to bring back the 90s aesthetic, but this is even older. This is like, we're talking 70s kind of aesthetic. Um, a lot of bass lines and a lot of weird, funky synths and things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to kind of get into that when we get into the chorus. But um, should we start at the top? Yeah, um, definitely. Also, one of my first impressions I forgot was that this bass line would be one you would be very interested in. So uh, I'm excited to see your take on that. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to build a brand, I see. I see. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, do you want to take it from the top as far as like the music? Because I think it starts with the, with the bass line, right? Yeah, so um, the bass line at the beginning is kind of fairly simple. Um, I think in the chorus is where it really kind of picks up. But at the beginning, what I do want to mention is that this is essentially a four chord song. So what that means for um, those of you who are familiar in pop music, it's very common to use basically the same four chords that repeat over and over again. Yeah. So this is in the key of A minor, um, Ionian. So um, the four chords here, if I just play it real quick. So that kind of repeats this whole song. So what this first verse does is um, plays the role of setting that up where the music's very exposed. So you only hear like a bass and a little bit of synth and um, it kind of sets up that's that four chord pattern that's going to be repeating. What are those four chords again? Yeah, so it's um, A minor, D minor, G major, C major. Okay. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw your finger and I, fingers and I knew the pattern. 
Yeah, um, but I think also... I'm such a pro at guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so everybody watching on camera just saw you deduce that right now. Oh, yeah. No, it was instant. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I think what the song does great is using key notes of the song. So the notes you hear up top um, mm-hmm. in the chord when I play it that stand out are the same notes she uses in the melody. So yeah. it's very easy to imagine the song, even when I just play those four chords right now. Mm-hmm. So this first verse musically sets up the mood for the rest of the song. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, those four chords, like you're saying, it's used in a lot of songs. That's part of why it sounds like the other song that like the lyrics tend to like mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, so because it's just so common, I, I wonder if that song is a four chord song as well. Yeah, it's a very common pattern. So when I say four chord song, it's not always the same four chords. It's just that the entire song only uses those four chords and repeat yeah. versus if you look at something like funk music in the 70s or um some of those like super long rock ballads they'll use so many different types of chords yeah. like um, hotel california by the eagles has like 12 different chords or something like that but like i feel like we've all seen that video on youtube where it's like all of the four chord songs just in a row and they keep singing them yeah so. yeah so the most common is um to use uh d a b g but um this oh. one's different this is d Sorry, this is A, D, G, C. So mm-hmm. a little different pattern, okay. but it is four chords over and over. All right. Okay, so first verse, um, she starts with, we were good, we were gold, kind of dream that can't be sold. We were right till we weren't, built a home and watched it burn. Um, and that's a very short, like to the point, like you fully get the meaning instantly. Like we were doing great. We had like a dream relationship or whatever uh and then we had we built a home together and watched it burn so like it's kind of like saying this like theme of we were both there we both know what happened like uh it's sort of identifying this other person who she's going to be talking to in the rest of this song um the other person this relationship which is like one of the Hemsworths? I can't remember who's who. I mean, it is allegedly Liam Hemsworth. I don't think she's, she's ever confirmed that, but... I think she probably has. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't remember. I don't really keep up with it. Um, yeah, but it is about uh, someone... I think she, they married or they were engaged or something. Engaged. So I think they had like a home together or something. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that um, that's what she goes into in the beginning. And then she says... I didn't want to leave you. I didn't want to lie. Started to cry, but then I re- then remembered I. And this is like a great intro into the chorus. It's the pre-chorus. And it uses the I sound like really well. Yeah. And can I just point out um, the difference? Like it really puts it starkly in these two sections. First two sections of the song in verse one and pre-chorus. Like you said, it starts with we. So it automatically establishes two people at least. Mm-hmm. And then um, the pre-chorus immediately goes to I. So the right. splits already happened. You know, there's no build up to that. It's very stark right at the beginning of it. Yeah, this is a breakup song. If you weren't clear on it at the beginning, it is now very clear before you, she launches into that chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some other alliterations uh, that I or alliteration that I noticed in the beginning was like we were good, gold, sold, um, and then built a home, watched it burn. The B sound in that. Uh, also a lot of, like you said, the word we, um, I don't know if it's alliteration, if it's just the same word again and again, (laughs) but it's repetition. Right. And, uh, yeah. And then, so going from the alliteration, which is using the consonants, um, to repeat, 
then she goes to assonance, which is using the consonants to using the vowels to repeat, which is that I lie and cry. Mm -hmm. Remembered I. Um, Yeah. So that's what I noticed in the lyrics in the first few lines. It's very, it's very short. um, And it feels very like uh, the other part I noticed was the cadence. The beginning of the song is very like, we were good. We were gold kind of dream that can't be sold. So like, it's just like hitting each of those beats. Yes. And then um, the pre-chorus changes that up and it says, I didn't want to leave you. I didn't want to lie. Started to cry, but then remembered I like it. It feels like it picks up on the I sounds. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe this. You probably have a more technical term for that, but um, it just like changes it and kind of like stops you from expecting the same beat. Yeah, and I think it serves as a kind of transition into the chorus because the chorus is where the drums come in. So there's no real like rhythmic anchor before mm-hmm. this. It's kind of floating. But then when she starts doing that I, it gives you that drive. And then when the drums come in, it feels natural. Mm-hmm. So it serves as that little transition point, which is, I think, the exact role of a pre-chorus, right? Right. Yeah. All right, so uh, into the chorus. you want me to start with the lyrics? Uh, yeah, we can start with the lyrics, and then um, I have quite a lot of... This is my favorite part of the song. Okay, sure. Then so I'll... this is what everybody used on TikTok. So musically, I do want to get into this, but we can start with the lyrics. Sure. I think the lyrics here are also very significant. Um, she says, I can buy myself flowers, write my name in the sand, talk to myself for hours, say things you don't understand. I can take myself dancing, and I can hold my own hand, yet I can love me better than you can. Um that's not exactly the right cadence, but uh, essentially you get the lyrics. And when I heard this song initially, I was like, wait, that sounds like um, When I Was Your Man by Bruno Mars, mm-hmm. in which um, I have those lyrics as well. Um, he says, I should have bought you flowers and held your hand, should have given you all my hours when I had the chance, take you to every party because all you wanted to do was dance. Now my baby's dancing, but she's dancing with another man. So it's a song about losing the love of his life um, because he's neglected to, you know, do those little little shows of love. Yeah. And then now she's like gone off with some other guy. Right. So he should have brought her flowers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Apparently, this song was unique in the relationship she was talking. She's referring to in her song, uh, in Miley's song. Um, so that's why she uses kind of like play on words with some of those phrases. She's not directly copying it. She does it in a different, um, pattern and she just like, uh, puts in other lines in there for sure. Like, it's not like a copy, but she's referring to it enough to be like, um, like a little bit more pointed with it to be a little sharp, right? It's just enough that someone like you listening goes hey wait a second i've heard this before right and then it's it feels i think in that way i don't want to use the word like bitter but like um it's not bitter it's not hateful (laughs) what am i thinking like it's a little more spiteful you know when you're saying like like uh, i can buy myself flowers like you you made this whole song be like central to our relationship for some reason and now i'm here being like i could have bought i can buy myself flowers i can hold my own hand you don't need to be like woulda, coulda, shoulda, like about my, uh, w- what I d- could have done for my wife or whatever or girlfriend. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit more pointed than even that. It's um, 
when you look at the Bruno Mars song, it's now she's dancing with another man, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of saying, no, it's not like someone else came along. It's I'm choosing to be by myself and that is better than being with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like uh, I can take myself dancing and I can hold my own hand and I can love me better than you can. So not, I don't need another person to step in to save me from this like bad relationship. Mm-hmm. Being single is better than being with you. Yes. Yes. And I think um, one musical element that really drives that point home is when you look at current pop songs, especially in the chorus, and they have powerful singers, they tend to layer their voice or have background vocals, right? Where um, you have this huge moments in the chorus, right? Mm -hmm. Where the swell of sound. But she doesn't do that here. No. There's no background vocals. It's just her voice. It feels very alone it feels very stark. Like when I was listening to it, I was like, there's no other stuff. I think I made the comment to you that was like, where's the other like vocals and backing tracks. And I think it's intentional that she doesn't have that. Right. When a song about where it's, she's choosing to be by herself and it finding it that to be better to not have backing vocals in this chorus, in the climax of a song. Yeah. It's also not saying like, you know, me and my girlfriends will be fine kind of thing. It's, it's literally just me and myself. Like I'm okay alone. Yeah. So I think that that kind of adds that idea of like, okay, she doesn't need the backing tracks. She's very strong on her own in this song. Yeah. And even when backing tracks do come in in like the little next part there, the post-chorus, they have that little gospel singers uh, kind of in the background-ish, which is another funk element, which is really cool. But they don't sing the same lines as Miley. It's a completely different melody, right. completely different lyric. Um, so whatever she is doing, she's kind of doing on her own. But I think adding that little gospel-y section kind of helps when people relate to this song of being like, oh, I can have this idea of loving me better. The gospel singers are saying, I can love me better, right? Right. So that there's other people who feel this way, even if she is standing alone. Right. Yeah. um, Let me just make the direct comparisons to the Bruno Mars song, just to like... um, if you're wor- if you're wondering what exactly she pulled, um, she says, "I can buy myself flowers," and that's like the line, "I should have brought, I should have bought you flowers." And then, write my name in the sand is not there. Uh, talk to myself for hours. He says, "I should have gave you all my hours." So she uses the same like rhyme with hours, but um, doesn't not the rest of the sentiment. Uh, and then say things you don't understand, which again not in there. So then, what you glean from that is that there's some of these things were specific to her relationship that were problematic for her. Um, so I can take myself dancing, and that's the same as should have taken, to, taken her to every party because all she wanted to do was dance. Um, and I can hold my own hand, and then that's the I should have held your hand line, right? So those are direct, but I think what's interesting is that she doesn't take, like the, the new line in there is talk to myself for hours, say things you don't understand. So you get the idea that a big criticism that she faced from her partner in this uh, situation was you're talking and you don't make any sense to me. Like you are just saying all this nonsense. Yeah. Or either that, or he just wasn't interested in talking. Yeah. Or like, have you ever been like tuned out in a way that you're just like, "Mm, like I I should just stop talking or like, someone says like, you know, the, like the stuff you're saying, it doesn't even make sense. And you're just like, okay, I'm not going to keep trying to like put out that idea. Yeah. I'm sure we have uh, listeners who tell us that every week. 
<laughs> like, could you shut up? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and I'm not interested in what an alliteration is. Um, or Ionian mode. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, I I like that she puts that in there where she's just like, this one's for you, buddy. Like, the person uh-huh. who she's sending, who she's made this about will read that line and be like, oh, man, like, yeah, that that might have been me. Yeah, and I think that's what makes great songs, right? Just a little bit of personal touch. Yeah. So you have the relatability, like I was mentioning, and then just a little sprinkle of something personal. Yeah. I think um, that line really stands out to me just because it's like, I think a lot of women especially fear being like the talkative one in the relationship, even though we are so interesting and talkative and we have a lot to say and it matters and whatever. But like being written off as like too talkative or like, you know, how we all say, does that make sense? You know, that, oh, says anything at all. Does that make sense? Yes, it fucking makes sense. But like, we're always like questioning, are we being clear? Are we like being ununderstandable? And then that's like where she's like, I don't care anymore. (laughs) Like I'm alone. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And like, it's one thing when you have the world um, and you have to deal with that throughout your professional career or wherever else you're dealing with your day to day, but you expect more from a partner, right? Yeah. And if that partner can't give you that sounding board that you're looking for, cause you know, in a long relationship, you want to talk and it's usually going to be the person next to you. You're just like, buddy, you're going to have to hear this, even though it has no relevance to your life and you probably don't care, but you need to put up with it. Right. Yeah. That's how we live our lives. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, uh, when she's, She's saying, like, I'll talk to myself for hours. Like, I'd rather be fully alone just talking to myself than have somebody putting me down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's my main stuff on the on the chorus. I don't know if you want to get into more of the music. Yeah, um, I think this is what makes the song so catchy musically, right? Um, we've been talking about this bass line, this little funky kind of bass line. And um, if I can just play that real quick. Um, that kind of bass line really makes it um, catchy, right? Yeah. And it kind of makes it sound uplifting. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of funkiness, a lot of syncopation. Yeah. But that's not the mood of the song, right? Um, so when you have that, and then you layer her vocal melody on it, which are these long, drawn-out notes, and she really uses, uh, emphasizes, I should say, the minor key of the song, and that adds this layer of like sadness feeling to it, right? So if I play her vocal melody right now and you listen to it without any of the background music, I think it really stands out on how sad it is. You said like about them using the minor key to like um, mm-hmm. make it sadder. Like it makes sense because the, the she's using the same notes as Bruno Mars does in yeah. his song, and that is a sad slow song. Yeah, 
that one is like a piano ballad. Yeah. But here she really that sad melody combined with that catchy little bass line in the back, I think really makes the song it that dichotomy is what makes it so catchy, right? If you listen to the music, you have this little happy song, you know, fields in a meadow, flowers in a meadow type. But then you have this really sad melody over it. And I think it captures both moods of the song, right? Where you're sad because this is a breakup song at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But like we mentioned, it has this uplifting message of I can love me better than you can. And I think that's something to be celebrated, right? So adding in that both moods of that song, I think does it fantastically and ties the whole thing really together. And I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan of the musical composition in this song. Yeah. All right, I can stop fanboying over the course. Um, shall we move on to verse two? Yeah. Um, she kind of does this sort of musical break here where she goes, can love me better. I can love me better, baby. This is mm-hmm. where you, like you were saying, that like gospel chorus group comes in. Yeah, yeah. And I think that adds that little bit of a 70s kind of sound to it. Also, the tone of, that she uses for the synths and the guitars are very treble-focused. Mm-hmm. Um, which means they kind of focus on the high-end notes. And then um, what it does is it creates this space where you have these high-end notes from the synths and guitars and then that bass line that I was playing earlier Okay, that fills in the bottom. So the distinct um, instrumentation here also leads itself to that 70s kind of feel. Okay. I have a question. Why did you uh, mark it as a gospel chorus group type thing versus like when I see this in my head, I see like... Again, I've not watched this performed live or anything, but I just see like three ladies on mics in the background, you know, those shiny silver ones. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like singing and clapping alongside, like, you know, yeah. the way that most that, people perform. That's gospel, right? Is that? I'm imagining like church things. Like I, a choir. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. versus backup singers. Yeah, maybe gospel isn't the right word, but it's, it's 70s funk, right? Like you can think of like the Jackson 5 type song that okay. we kind of do that you know yeah um yeah yeah i see i see backup singers you know yeah step in and yeah. clap into this yeah no. like disco or like funk, like yeah. how hosier has like backup singers in his like yeah, 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 yeah. like that mm-hmm. okay that was a lot of words to describe backup singers sorry yes. <laughs> all right uh, anyway next verse uh paint my nails cherry red match the roses that you left no remorse no regret I forgive every word you said. Um, for this one, when she says paint my nails cherry red, I don't have as much interpretation on this one. For me, the cherry red is kind of like, I'm getting this image of like the person in the, the other person in the couple is like, um, he's being like, like putting her down for like the talking kind of thing makes me think like he finds it embarrassing when she, makes her nails cherry red like that's a colorful horse or whatever like you know 1800s ideas he has so like he's yeah. like oh cherry red why would you do that i don't know if that's what this is or whatever i but like that's what i interpreted i think it's just a metaphor for you know standing out right red's a very bold color so doing anything to kind of be visible or seen right right I guess, yeah, and maybe it's like got to do with like outfits and clothing kind of thing. Like uh, maybe mm-hmm. this person is more worried about appearances than she is. Yeah, like how others will interpret versus yeah. just being yourself, you know? Yeah. 
I'd like to also point out in this verse, she never goes back to the the we sound. It's still it's you and I still. So I yeah, think that was interesting that um, as the song progresses, the we doesn't come back. Yeah, it never comes back. It's just I and you at the end. Yep. Um, yeah. So the cherry red and match the roses that you left. Um, no remorse, no regret. I forgive every word that you said. Um, so it's just like fully moving on. This is not a song looking for closure. Mm-hmm. This is a song that's already reached that and like, um, like doesn't need to worry about the things that you said, but also is saying that like, I forgive it. Meaning like it was something that needed to be forgiven. Like you, you yes. sinned against me, sir. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you're not waiting for an apology. You're just forgiving. Yeah. Right? And I think it's again with that theme of living well on your own. Right. It's not that, um, he apologized and should be forgiven or something. It's just that she needs to forgive to move on or be happy in the future. Right. I think that's kind of what I got out of it. I think it's like when she's, uh, living out loud. Yeah. <laughs> like painting her nails red or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, this helps her reach that point of forgiveness of like, I yeah. don't need to like think about this anymore or worry about the fact that you said these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then back to a pre-chorus of, I didn't want to leave you, baby. I didn't want to fight, started to cry, but then remembered I, again, she's using the eyes with, uh, uh, I, I didn't want to leave you, baby. I didn't want to fight, cry, remembered I. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then she launches right back into the same kind of chorus. Yeah. And again, the contrast between, um, uh, you know, being sad over breakup versus celebrating living well, the started to cry, but then remembered I. So mm-hmm. adding that but phrase in there creates that contradiction. Yeah. Um, yeah, the rest of this kind of repeats. Here's another question. Like in the first pre-chorus, she says, I didn't want to leave you. I didn't want to lie. In the second one, she says, I didn't want to leave you. I didn't want to fight. Does that mean, like, when she says lie and fight there, is she saying, like, against or for the relationship? I think it's, uh, she's admitting that she initiated the breakup, right? Like, she could have stayed in this, but it would have led to lying and fighting and all of this. Like, it's kind of the, um, I think it's the idea that even if you know this relationship isn't the best thing, it's that being alone is better right but that takes work that takes um kind of a struggle to get there right so she's saying like i didn't want to lie to myself that we would still work out yeah or even lying to that other person right like when you are let's if let's say you're not in love with that person anymore Mm -hmm. and you're staying in that relationship with them then you're you're lying to them essentially right yeah yes I don't disagree with that. I'm just like, but is it a crime if he's a mean person? <laughs> no, but then like, why I would you? Know, then you can lie to him. Yeah, but then why would you want to stay with him if you're if he's a mean person? I'm saying like she didn't want to lie to herself, kind of thing. That's why I'm. Oh, okay. you know, yeah. Yeah, it could be that way too. Yeah, I think the point is to get to a point where you're happy living with yourself. 
you have to do things you might not want to do, right? You have to go through periods of struggle and uncomfortableness, mm-hmm. if that's a word, to get to... Discomfort. Discomfort, that's the word. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, to get to yeah. a place where you're happy and living well and painting your nails cherry red. Yes. Yeah, I think she leaves it um, ambiguous for a reason. So yeah, that's open to interpretation. So then she goes on with the... It's very repetitive. Yeah, I think from this point on, it's kind of similar. You know, catchy music, same same chorus. Um, It's fun to listen to, but -hmm. I think lyric-wise, I don't think there's anything new in the lyrics from here. She also doesn't change the tune as much. Like, you know, we were talking about... Well, no, yes, you don't really need to change it. But like we were talking about like with Fall Out Boy and with All Time Low, like when they sing the chorus like the last time or whatever, like, like after the bridge that they'll um, change, like, the tune of it. Well, like, here's a, a fun fact. There's no bridge. And then also... Um, she changes the melody slightly, like she does on those vocal runs and stuff on the last chorus. She does, like, a couple different notes, but, like, yeah. I don't think it's she as hold- much. Yeah, there's a few notes that she holds out, like, uh, um, uh, love you better than you can. She really holds that can out on the last mm-hmm. one. So I think it's... That repetitiveness, I think, helps you sink into this mode and you can really feel her feeling this song. Yeah. So, um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that, like, I think it was her intention to keep it repetitive. I think it makes it a very catchy, it makes it a radio hit, honestly. Yes. uh, It is a, I know I talked a lot about funk elements, but it is a pop song at its core. Yeah. So, um, it is very pop songy in the way it's structured. Yeah, and but, you can yeah. sing along to it easy because, like, most yes. of the lyrics you've heard already, like... Yeah. Yeah. It is structured to be kind of a radio hit, and I think it does that job very well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, kind of just talking about what we said in the song, Living Well, and all those kind of things, is there another song you would recommend if someone enjoyed what we discussed? If you want to talk about the same theme, I would say, unfortunately, it's a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> As usual. Mm-hmm. I Forgot That You Existed. Yeah. Which is the first song on her Lover album. And I really like it because it's very, like, light and, like, oops, I forgot that you were ever a thing. Mm-hmm. And it is got it has similar uh, themes of, like, I'm doing my own thing now. And, like, you were a little negative. You were a little bit of a negative thing in my life. But, like, now I'm alone and I'm fine kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, so it's got a similar theme there. Yeah. Um, if you enjoyed what I was discussing about kind of funk elements in a song, um, another one I think you'd enjoy is uh, Hey Look Ma, I Made It by Panic at the Disco. Um, it's not so much heavy on the bass line, but it has a lot of horn sections, a lot of syncopation in it still. So I think it's a different take on the same concept of a pop song that includes funk elements. I really want to do a Panic song next. Yeah, we should. They have some great lyrics. I love Panic. Okay. R.I.P. Because he, uh, not, he's fine, but he retired. <laughs> yes. Panic at the Disco is no more. R.I.P. Panic. Yeah. Yeah. I hope Brendan, Brendan Yuri is living well. <laughs> I'm sure he is. All right. Anything else for Flowers? Uh, no, nothing else. Um, I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, checking us out on Apple, Spotify. Uh, we're also like putting this up on YouTube now. Yeah. Um, thanks for uh, waiting for our little breaks to be over. <laughs> We're happy to be back. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next time. Yep. Catch you in the next episode.
Bye. Bye.